1: Jibber jabber with JPJ. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to Jibber Jabber with JPJ. I am your host JPJ, and I am joined by the always lovely Devin Ruskin. Devin, how are you? It's been such a long time since we've seen each other, or at least it feels that way. How are you? What's new?
0: Hi, JPJ. I am great. Uh, I had the best weekend ever. Oh, I, tell me about it. I'm a, finally an LA girl because I went to Griffith Park and I hiked. Oh so, my gosh,
1: you went to the Griffith Observatory.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, um, I have so to cr- say driving is so scary there because it's nothing but hills.
1: Yeah, and, and also like
0: walking up the hills is also yeah. scary.
1: Yeah, it is. But that's crazy that something scary happened to you on the way to the Griffith Observatory because while I was shooting that last project that I was in, the Griffith Observatory was in the last shot. Oh, really? And yeah. And the creepiest thing ever happened to me. So we were shooting. We were, I was just, you know, I was just on the crew supporting for this shot. But we were shooting a scene on this parking lot and it had a view of the Griffith Observatory, but we were shooting in a parking lot that was in a a completely abandoned apartment complex. Uh Nobody lived there except for this one older lady. And after, I kid you not, 20 seconds after getting out of the car of the parking lot, this old lady walks out and tells us to to, verbatim, get out and never come back. Oh, God. the, The DP, who is a big muscular guy who has no trouble... You know, haggling with people on the street, didn't retaliate. We all got in the car and left. It, it <laughs> was, it was the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. The producer texted me the next day and told me I had a nightmare about that lady last night. Oh no! Yeah, she was legit a was witch. Was she
0: even real? Maybe she was a ghost. I mean, I mean,
1: I mean her, her, I mean her skin. I mean, she looked like one of old those old people like,
0: are scary. I'll yeah, say. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but she was like the scariest of the old people variety. Let me tell you. I mean, just. It was just creepy. I mean, she looked. It looked she looked like a. She, her face looked like a, like a rubber mask of a witch from like a costume shop. It was horrifying. I, yeah, I remember she walked right up next to me, and I could feel her just sort of disregarding my whole personhood. So scary. I mean, who says that? Get out and never come back. I was mean, it she, like
0: in a spooky voice? Like get out.
1: No, it, it was just like a it was a threatening voice. Like you oh, better God. get it. Like you should not be like she was warning us. Something will happen to you if you don't leave. I'm not going to tell you what, but I, and I don't want to argue with you guys.
0: That get is very smart here. that you left.
1: Nobody. I mean, we, we were all guys and we were all kind of relatively big dudes. I mean, yeah, I, you're I'm massive. You're I'm six, four. Four, 200 pounds. <laughs> the director of photography, you know, you know, it was like five, eight and just full of muscle. I mean, just a, an intimidating dude. Nobody, nobody retaliated against her. We all got in the you car and left. You can't mess with crazy. No. Yeah. You if you're can't. dealing with
0: somebody who's lost their marbles, you gotta just go.
1: Especially when they're really old. Yeah. Old
0: people are just so icky. I was getting gas the other day and I was pulling up. And right when I got to the tank, like right at the tank. This guy pulls up with, he just walks up with one of those, like, red cans, like gas cartons, and just started um, filling gas. And I was like, excuse what? me, sir, I'm what? parked here.
1: What? so it, you... And
0: I just, like, sat in the car and just waited until he finished. So but, weird. Yeah, that, you that, can't mess with,
1: that, with yeah, the people. No, you can't. You can't mess with people in L.A. in general. People yeah, just like, don't. Yeah, LA people pe- are mean. <laughs> But there are a lot of nice ones. Like, our listeners, they're all really nice. The ones who are from L.A. are all really nice people. But, yeah, you. But everyone in L.A. is trying to get somewhere. You know, the traffic is bad enough. You know, they don't want to be messed with, Devin. Anyway.
0: And they mess with their faces. Yeah. Yeah, lip injections. That's my favorite part of being in L.A. Like, I love people with lip injections. (laughs) (laughs) And cheek injections and nose. I'm like, so...
1: See that's so funny. I hear that all the time of people talking about LA people, you know, in that manner. But like, I just feel like I'm so I- I'm just a dude, and I just like don't think about those things. Can we're you not, not tell?
0: People- can you genuinely like not tell if somebody had work done?
1: I think I can. If it's really obvious, I I think maybe I can. But it's not something I'm actively thinking about. Like, oh, this person I'm talking to has you huh. know a different nose than what they were born with. It just I- or. How can you tell if somebody oh my God, got lip that's injections? The
0: first thing I do, as soon as I see somebody and I see lip injections, I'm like, This is very LA. No, I'm like,
1: okay, way. you're, oh you're a little
0: insecure, huh? <laughs> but
1: <laughs> Devin just coming right out, but anyway, anything back. Holy crap! No, I hear yeah, you, but I you know what I say, but you know who is the real Our deal guest today from LA
0: wasn't insecure,
1: no. <laughs> No, he what he was not. What an interesting guy. Wait. Are, are we were supposed yeah, to start over? But look like, we can we can keep all that bit we just had, right?
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah, you do it. Okay,
1: do cool. It. Oh wait, oh, am I uh sorry, uh I'll, I'll just introduce him. You just Brendan. you just
0: introduce him. I did it poorly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, all good,
1: all good. All good. Um You know who is the real deal from L.A.? Our guest, Brendan Robinson. What a fascinating guy. He's had such an interesting career within film and television and so non-typical. Typically, people have to work for five years until they're able to get any sort of guest star role, but he just came like a bat out of hell in 2008 and 2009 with his Pretty Little Liars work. I can't wait to ask him about it. Hope you guys enjoy listening to the conversation that Devin and I have with Brendan Robinson. Brendan, hello, sir. How, how are, are you guys?
3: Are? I'm doing terrifically Hi. well. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. Awesome. awesome.
1: Thanks for joining Jibber Jabber with JPJ with and Devin, of course. It's Brendan. I, I need to set the stage for how you and I met because Devin loves these stories. So yes. When, <laughs> so when you and I met, it was one of those moments where just... A bunch of different worlds collided. It was crazy. And fun fact, in four days, it will have been exactly two years since we've met Brent. You gotta be
3: fucking kidding me. I I know. Where
1: did the time go? It seems like it it seems like it was so recent. Two years Oh my god. Wow! Wow is an understatement, Brendan. Because I, I don't know where the where did the time go. It was only six months after that that COVID hit and changed the world. Right, uh, and everything yeah. shut down. And we never uh, saw each other again. I know exactly. <laughs> but it, but it was just, it was such a a it was a crazy oh, experience God. meeting you because first of all, I was just waiting to get my Uber at the Ronald Reagan Airport parking lot, and you literally just tapped me on the shoulder and go, "Are you John Paul Jones?" And I went. Uh yeah, dude. Who are you? <laughs> and I, and I, 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 I didn't know who you were. I didn't know who you were. I had wait. Are I'll, you I'll a, a Bachelor
2: fan? To...
3: My girlfriend is. Oh okay. Uh, so I had actually only been introduced to it that season, that oh, JPJ was on. So I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> I'm on the same Alaska Airlines flight as. J- so I, I was texting
1: her. You know, Alaska. Alaska.
3: Yeah, yeah. So my my brother works for Alaska, so you know, shameless oh. plug.
1: Um, <laughs> no way, that's crazy. So that's, that's gonna be helpful. You're you're only. still along. You you sir, i want to get back to our story in a sec, but that's impressive. Oh, yeah. I, I just have to I just have to give you credit, sir, because I follow you and your girlfriend on Instagram. I've been following you for years. And, you know, unbeknownst to me, I wasn't following your girlfriend. I thought I was. But <laughs> yesterday I clicked on her profile. But, man, it's impressive, Brendan. I mean, you guys have really had at, had at it with the long-term relationship. I would assume that the Alaska, the Alaska plug may have uh, been beneficial to some extent. But yeah, man,
3: Yeah, I mean, that's been a real lifesaver. Honestly, <laughs> like, I was telling my brother the other day, I don't think that uh, my relationship would have worked out had he not... <laughs> uh have this job I'm so <laughs> we're like please always continue this job gosh, um, I just,
1: you've restored my faith in long-term relationships not that you know i'm in one right now i have an hour and a half commute to go and see my girlfriend but I mean, oh wow. gosh that's wow. but but that's i wasn't that as ways i know but for a brief moment in time i was on that long-term relationship bandwagon and my gosh that is hard man it's impressive it's you've been able Yeah, but it looks like you and your girlfriend have the best time whenever you guys hang out. I see you guys in Hawaii, Paris, uh, (laughs) Greece, just to name a few. How long
3: have you been together? Uh, It'll be three years um, coming up in September.
1: Oh my yeah. gosh! Congrats. Congratulations! So, so that's, many
0: anniversaries in. here.
1: It's so hilarious. But Brendan, uh, yeah, I really enjoy following you and your girlfriend on Instagram. You guys just look like you're having the best time. You guys but look thank like you, you guys you. look like lovebirds. You look like you're always having the best time <laughs> with one another. We try so to keep ge- it genuine too. You know, I mean, I think there's
3: a lot of people that. Uh, stage everything.
1: No, (laughs) dude, not yours is not at all. I mean, you guys are, you guys aren't going with friends. You guys are just enjoying the company of one another, or at least it looks like you are. And it just looks like you got, you, you, I know that your girlfriend happens to not be an actress. I mean, she's not, she's a normal person. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you, she, it's impossible for her to hide that expression on her face. I mean, she's just so entranced and having such a great time and all the photos. It's so obvious. She's, but anyway. she's
3: a really amazing person. I got really, really lucky. Uh, you know, after, after my parents met her for the first time, my mom is like, do not
1: screw this up.
3: <laughs> do not screw this up.
1: Yeah, um, and she's, she's right.
3: She's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, she she she's sharp as attack. And you know, this is heading to you know the point I made earlier. You know, she works with uh, Tim. You know who Tim Watson is? He's a gentleman. Who's, yes, who's yes, friends. yeah. That's the connection. Yeah, 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 exactly. She works with his wife. Yeah. What a small world. And Tim is just a sharp guy. My gosh, yeah. I was good friends with him at the time. I, you know, I'd left the company I was working at uh, previously to, you know, move out to L.A. to pursue acting. But Tim was yeah. just a sharp guy. And I, you know, I, he, he was just so aware and just a true professional in all aspects. And Gosh, I I can only—I never met his wife, but I mean, gosh, I can only. Tim would not marry, you know, a dumb woman. I mean, she just must have been—she must have been just as sharp as he was. And I can't imagine she would surround herself by people who aren't as sharp as she was. So, I mean, gosh, I can only imagine your girlfriend. Yeah, she's—I—I'm
3: always—I'm—you know—I've gotten to learn a lot more about what she does um, during (laughs) COVID because we've been uh, well at first we quarantined together and then. Um, we've been able to spend months at a time now because everything's remote. She works completely remote.
1: No I way. I work
3: remote for the most part. Um, and I'm always thoroughly impressed by her uh, uh, phone meetings. I'm like, yeah. You yeah. Don't? I, I, I have of no idea what you're talking about, but you're talking with conviction and it's like computer stuff. And I am impressed. So, Yeah. 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 Yeah, seriously. Did you
0: purposely choose to date someone not in the industry?
3: I did. Um, I uh dabbled <laughs> um uh, uh dating within the industry and it's just it's
1: it's a mess. It never you know? works out. It never, it never works, works out. out. I, I mean, think the people that are yeah, I mean, there um, were a few use cases in which, you know, you, you can point to and say, oh, you know, they, they, they've kind of made it as a couple. But I think the statistics are kind of pushed against you.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it's so, there's so many ups and downs, uh, no matter where yeah. you are in the industry, no matter how yeah. successful you are, or how right. not successful you are. And I think if there are two people that are going through the same thing, um It becomes competitive and... Yeah. I mean, the industry is full of people who um, are seeking validation, I think, in some way. Whether they admit it or not, it's like they they want the approval of other people. (laughs) Otherwise, they wouldn't be in this business. (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, and I think if you have two people
1: who are, who are like that, it's just, it's a recipe
2: for disaster. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. that Like you said, the industry's tough. And I, I think another career that's a little more stable is kind of necessary to, to take away a little bit of the volatility, you know, that, Absolutely. That, that happens to be attached to being within the industry. But, uh, but Brendan, yeah, dude, it, gosh, it's crazy. It's almost been two years since it's we insane. met. And, and just it's totally not. And, and, and I, 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 truthfully, I, I, I didn't know who you were. I didn't know you were this huge, <laughs> I didn't know you were this huge actor. You just, no, like just no, really no, not, no, 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 I didn't, no, no. I didn't know that you were this, and seriously, I mean, I, I had no idea who you were, and the next day, okay, the next day after we had met Ashley Benson, you know, tagged me on an Instagram post <laughs> saying, like, oh, you know, JPJ from Bachelor in Paradise something, and it just, I don't know. I remember just, that. Yeah. It and it, it, it was just crazy. Like that happened. The she was your she was your acting partner on that series. I mean, yeah. You, you, yeah. you had. I mean, you were only you started out having all your scenes been exclusively with her. I mean, just it was yeah. crazy. Just the uh, just the world's emerging. But Brendan, I'm 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 really curious because you've done a fantastic job of keeping all the extraneous information of yourself off of the internet. <laughs> and I just and I just have to know because. You know, I've looked at a lot of for years, you know, I've been a, you know, a film and TV, you know, fan for years. And, you know, I've seen a lot of IMDb pages and yours was particularly interesting because it looked like as if things just picked up for you in 2008, 2009. What did, let me, let me start off with this. How did you, how did you get into acting? How old were you when your journey started? So it started a really long time ago.
3: Um, I yeah I was one of those kids who you know was loud and um commanded attention from other people uh, or maybe demanded At- attention from other people not commanded attention oh my gosh uh, I find that
1: I find that hard to believe no kidding
3: and um you know i I loved the world of play um yeah. and from a very early age, I was um Interested in going and watching performances. So, my first love was the circus. Um, we used I to have. I was
0: going to say, you look like you would wear a red nose like all the time. That- oh, thank you. thank you. Thank <laughs> you.
3: So, so, we, th- we th- have these- a look.
0: There's a lot. There's, there. yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. There's see what the wild, you're saying. I see what you're saying.
1: It's, I, you know, it's now I just weird. now I
3: just play one on
1: TV. But, like, um, but the but the industry, in all fairness, I mean the industry. If you want to be an actor, you are joining the circus. That's what oh, it is. For sure. For sure.
3: Um, the the crazy cutthroat. <laughs> yeah. Both other crazy yeah. circus. Yeah. Um, man. But. Um, Yeah, so from a really early age I was obsessed with these VHS tapes That my parents had bought me And I'm talking like, I was like three or four Um, And I wanted to join the circus Um, So I would I would rope my brother into doing You know, circus acts and plays and stuff In our living room Um, And that was kind of like my, that that was the point where my parents were like, okay, you know, we, he needs like some kind of outlet to put all of this energy into. Um, and I grew up in Portland, Oregon, uh, which is a very um, artsy,
1: cultural town. Fun fact, I was born four years after you in the exact same town. You're kidding. You're kidding. I'm not kidding you. I was born in Portland, Oregon, dude. I didn't know that. Why did you move away? Uh Literally three months after I was born, my family moved to Houston, Texas. But like, I go and visit Oregon a couple times a year. I love it. I would it's love a beautiful to, place. I would love to live there myself full time. Although Portland's in a little bit of disarray right now, but yeah, I, it, it, it's in transition. Uh. It, it sucks because <laughs> Oregon. Or, I like. I like to say Oregon is literally like Hawaii, but it kind of ha- with the vibe of Wisconsin. Everything is overgrown. The colors are yeah. so lush and vibrant, and just the, the the amount of wildlife and fishing there is just uh, unparalleled to anything else in the United States. It's just in a really unique part of the country and just the views are just everywhere. It's just unreal. I mean, The people like be,
3: are also really friendly. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is so, yeah, it's so are. weird. Um, I know. Because yeah, I've sort of gotten used to LA people being not friendly, um, right, right? Which actually, actually, this is a total tangent. But um, actually, okay. the, the people that were born and raised there, the the true natives of Los Angeles, I've actually found to be the best people uh, that oh, yeah. I have met there. Um, so that's that's actually a kind of a misconception. I think it's the transplants, because um, everybody comes there wanting something. Right, and right when that doesn't happen i think it that affects their the energy that they put into the world and the energy that they give to other people um but anyway oh, sorry sure. long story sure. short people from portland are super nice oh, um yeah. sometimes like the overly best. nice um and that's okay and that's okay that's okay they just want to be helpful they want to help you out they want to be welcoming um, Yeah. But, yeah, I would say if That's you're an cool. outdoors person or a food person, frankly, because oh, yeah. Portland's a great food town, mm-hmm. um, check it Portland's, out. Go check it out. Yeah,
1: Portland's the place for you. I know. Gosh, I mean, you can uh, – look, I found my first morel Mushrooms back in uh, early May, late April. It, it was the most exciting experience of my life. I had a connection – with that morel mushroom. I spent hours out in the woods, the, you know, trying to forage for them and after a couple of days, I finally, you know, I finally found a few, you know, right before the rain fell and ah, uh, there was no feeling that compared to that, just finding it a morel. Have, have you have you guys ever had a morel, morel mushroom? No, I have no idea is? what you're
0: talking about. For for
1: those of you that don't know what it is, it's a very decadent uh rare mushroom in the wild, but they happen to be all over the place in Oregon and uh they're only on you know the menus of the best restaurants uh, typically french restaurants and okay. it was just a really exciting experience for me i mean in my opinion it's you know sort of you know the most premium mushroom you can get next to the truffle i mean it's really a unique thing but
3: anyway only yeah. in oregon and you got to we, eat it for free too you know you yeah. not have to pay 60 bucks at a restaurant yeah, for it yeah exactly, <laughs> <So, laughs>
1: exactly that's what was so freaking cool about it but oh yeah. my gosh it's but funny anyways, that you mentioned that. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, so, uh, anyway, I, we, we, we digress from your acting journey, which I'm really curious about because your IMDB page is is so intriguing. And I want to get into that a little bit, but I want to learn a little yeah. bit more about your journey as an actor. So three to four, you know, your parents uh, sort of realized that you have uh, this excess of energy that you needed to uh, divert into something, I guess, a little more constructive than you know, yeah. destroying everything that was in your house. Yeah, what, but, yeah. So, so, but you knew at age three or four that you wanted to be an actor and that this was a serious pursuit. I didn't know that specifically. Okay. I, think
3: I, I think I wanted to be a performer in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um. So, um, so the reason why I mentioned Portland is that there's there happens to be a couple of children's theaters there. Um, mm. you know, for such a small town, it's the the arts scene is very well supported. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's strong enough to support two children's theaters in the same town. Go figure. Um, and both of them have kids' acting schools attached. Oh! Um, so they would basically do, like, these after-school programs where you would go in and uh, you would take the class, and the, the class was structured so that every kid got a part in the play. And by the end of the class, you put cool. to the play. That's really, cool. Really, really cool that's stuff. That's
1: awesome. And I feel like that's so non-typical because my, at least my experience with theater in middle school was, you know, only, you know, the director's kid got to do the lead role. Right. And, you know, only the kids that were well-behaved got to have speaking parts and everybody else was just thrown into the chorus or the background. And, but that's really cool, man. So you were yeah. really, in, you were really involved in this at a young age. I was.
3: um So I, they, we went to go see a play at one of these theaters because they were both professional theater companies um Mm. and happened to come across the brochure for the classes at the end of it and of course i was there four years old signed up loved it and that's literally the only (laughs) thing that i did between age four or five through the end of high school get Um, out of here
1: yeah yeah and i'm assuming in high school you did the fall winter plays musicals and all that I went to a really small high school in Portland
3: that was arts focused. Um, oh, okay. There were, there were 80 kids that went there. That's eight zero oh, wow. kids oh, man. that went there. I
0: thought mine was small. We had a hundred, but that's crazy.
3: I got you beat. I got you Can beat. Yeah, you beat me. But, <laughs> but like coming from that kind of school, Good. would you agree that you sort of know, you know everybody's personal issues and then like their extended family's (laughs) personal issues too so everybody knows everything about everything um which i I get questions all the time about like well wasn't that small did you hate it i'm like no i didn't i actually enjoyed knowing all the other kids
0: i love drama so there was always a lot of it (laughs) involved with these kids and recently i just found out my my high school is it accepted a baron trump so you're
3: kidding isn't that insane Oh my god!
0: I know. Uh, my school has definitely took a turn for the worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's like, going. Extended in
3: post. Th- this is post presidency. Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. So there. Oh, I'm assuming
0: gosh. there will be like security guards around this kid at school. <laughs> Right? Like, what, I mean, do, what do you do? Don't they, oh, do,
3: do, do they have, like, secret service still follow them around?
0: Probably. Like, are there going to be two men in suits, like, sitting with him in math? Like, wow. I don't know. That's... But,
3: yeah,
0: yeah, I feel you with the small school. That's just a whole other thing. That just
3: it's a whole other... Yeah, it's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> but you, but and, answer, you were
1: the val- and you were the valedictorian... Sorry, I go was. ahead. I was. There <laughs> wasn't
3: a lot of competition. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but, gosh, but, that, but that's impressive. I mean, you clearly... You know, not that you know your focus was anything beyond acting, but you could have done anything you wanted with your career. I mean, you, Thank you got you. first in your you got first in your school, and uh, I mean, gosh, you could have gone into engineering. You could have been a doctor, or a lawyer, you the business. The possibilities are endless with you. I mean, you have that title, and that definitely gives you an edge on the admissions for you know most colleges. So I, I would yeah. imagine you could have done any. You could have taken that and gone anywhere. Did you go right from high school into acting? I did.
3: Um, okay, so. Um, started to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Um, around, I, I think I was in fifth grade. I got my first uh, like paid professional theater gig. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. in, Great. in Portland, yeah, yeah, at one of these children's theaters. So what would happen is, um, you know, they would they would train kids in their training program, <laughs> um, and those it wasn't they wouldn't officially like pull kids from that program to be in their professional productions um but it certainly didn't hurt um that they went through it so they had you know open auditions and the really cool thing about this theater at both of these theaters um that's actually really non-traditional for a lot of children's theaters across the country is they would hire um they they would do age appropriate casting so they would pick plays where they would hire kids in the kid roles and then they would hire professional union adult actors to play the adult roles um Mm. so So like into
0: the woods you would actually have like a little red
3: yeah exactly exactly um so my uh so so i did a, a bunch of stuff all around portland and started to um I started to get points towards my theater union card because mm. I thought that I was going to go. Um, I thought that I was going to go to New York and get a BFA from NYU and do that whole thing and then go do Broadway, mm. um, yeah. and then realized that uh, I can carry a tune, but once my voice changed, like bam, I I, I, mm-hmm. I, I you know I can, no, can I can it, get you, by, but were, not like Broadway, you know. Right, <laughs> but
1: you, you were so you were a musical theater focus initially. Like, Original, yeah. Initially,
3: yeah. Oh yeah. man! And then um, I got the opportunity to work at um, pretty uh, at some of the really kind of top professional theaters in Portland, um, where they would bring guest artists from New York and Los Angeles, um, and you know, come in and they, it, it was a professional production. Um, yeah. So I you know, made friends with a lot of them. And I was at a point where I was this is like I was a sophomore in high school and I was starting to have to decide, you know, what I wanted to do. Did I want to go and audition for these BFA programs and spend, you know, four years training and at the university level? Um, And what ended up happening was one of the artistic directors, like the big boss of one of these theaters said, I think that you should just go. I think that you should just go to LA. I think you that's great advice. To, you can always go back to get a BFA or
1: whatever. Um, but Smart. I think that was a great decision. I've, I've spoken with people that have been to the you know the the Tisch School and you know the, who have studied at UFC or t- UFC, USC, and they all said that they've learned more at their, in their classes in Hollywood than yeah. any of their acting classes in college. And I just yeah. think that's so true because the academia is so independent from the industry standard, and you know it I th- is. I th-
3: And I think that I think that that's true with a lot of again, I'm not I'm not trying to be like, don't go to college. Right, 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 right. Not what I'm saying at all, but I think for the vast majority of careers, um, they don't prepare you well in college to then go into the workforce. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Wait, what's the
0: technique where you like walk around and then you become the character? Have you no like, that um, like method acting? Yeah, I I had to do that in college, and I must say that has Devin, not helped anything.
3: Acting. It was uh, awful. It's it, you know, it's it's a bunch of acting theory um, yeah. that they teach at these schools, and at the end of the day, what you have to do is develop a technique as an actor that works for you, and for a lot of people, and myself included, it's different every time, you know. I might approach one role um, that's very similar and close to me in real life totally differently than than somebody that I've I've never had that lived experience before, um, and that's kind of the fun of it. And, yeah. and that's gonna you know y- you can't you can't act from a textbook,
1: right? Um, hey, listen, I really want to get to this 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 things on what are the topics I really want to delve into with you, and I want to yeah, get to yeah. that. But but please just so you let's take a step back to you decide that you're going to skip the whole academia route with acting, which I think was brilliant. I, I mean, I, I studied acting in college as well. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, but luckily, you know, I, uh, Majored in finance, but I took every acting class. He <laughs> did the I, smart thing. He yeah, got a real person I, job. <laughs> no, 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 no. But hear me out. I, I was a I majored in finance, right? But I took every acting class that was available in college. But it, it, while it was informative and it made me comfortable in front of an audience and making character decisions, right? I, I can honestly say that I learned a, l- and just I learned so much more from Leslie Kahn in yeah. Hollywood, in Hollywood, than I did. The first class taught me more than anything, I than all the six acting courses I'd taken in college. I mean, it was yeah. just... It, it, it's just ridiculous. It's insane, you know. I, I, I think college is good for, uh, you know, developing your, your well-roundedness and helping develop your, your sort of adult perspective. But I don't know, man. I think going... Uh, I, I Just with the internet, I, 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 again, this is going on a tangent. We'll, we'll stray away from this. But I think... I, I just don't think there... Uh, I think there's minimal value in college these days, just given, you know, the, the vast, you know, array of information that's available on, on the internet. There's nothing you can't teach yourself for there's sure. And no you, you can't reach out to and, you know, get sort of, you know, uh, expert, you know, advice from, you know, with some sort of immediacy, but Brendan, uh, you so you skip academia, right? I do you, the next, what's, what's the next move. So
3: then I got, extremely lucky extremely lucky and this is this is sort of the first in a bunch of um, like lucky domino Falls for me mm-hmm. um, I had an mm-hmm. acting teacher in Portland at a t- at the time um, who had a connection to an agent in LA mm-hmm. because she had sent down another student of hers about a decade before me mm. and um, that agent, just happened to have a client who was a guest artist at one of these professional theaters that I was talking about.
2: Wow! Um,
3: and so the agent flew up to Portland over the over one weekend to come see the client in the play. Mm-hmm. And my teacher asked her a favor and said, Hey, would you come in and teach like a, would you do like a mock audition or a mock interview with my students just to kind of, for them to get a taste of what it's like to meet with somebody in the business. Um, so this is, like, right before I was graduating high school. Yeah. Um, I did, like, my little scene for her and uh, had, you know, a mock interview. And then I graduated, and about six weeks later, I want to say, the agent called my teacher and said, Hey, um, I booked, like, three or four auditions for Brendan in L.A. Does he want to come down here and do those? He can uh, just say that he's with our agency, and we'll, oh just, my we'll gosh. just go from there. You so, didn't even have to move to L.A.? I didn't have to move to l a yes, I know, um, oh my gosh, so I mean that was sort of that that was the thing that really convinced my parents to let me just go um I had right. decided that i was that I was not gonna go to College at least for a year. I think we had, at first we decided I'll take a
1: gap year or whatever. Smart. smart. Um, I think I think everybody should take a gap year. I just I think, think so too because you're you by the time you're eighteen you've been institutionalized your entire life. You have yeah. no real formative you know perception of what the world is really like without all these institutions sort of uh, supporting you and creating oh, right. this really you know fleeting you know w- reality. But I. Brendan, I think that's really non typical, at least in my experience. Yeah, lucky I don't know, you, really non typical. Lucky
2: you. I, yeah, I, got it. I
1: just, I don't, I don't know of a lot of people, a lot of parents that allow their kids to just kind of take a break. But you know, obviously, yeah, my, you had my an parents objective. are attorneys,
3: so they have like very traditional oh. career paths. You know, question: they, are, well, you are you
0: Jewish? You? Because you give off Jewish vibes, but I feel like you aren't.
3: I am not. Um, okay, it's do you funny. get that a lot? I get I that do. a lot. Um, I have a however, Okay. I never get cast as Jewish as a characters. Jewish oh. Because I think that they know that I'm not. You know? Like you, you're
0: very, you come off like you are because I think it's your personality and your style. But I do, you can tell that you're not fully Jewish. You're usually you like a half. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes I, sense.
3: I'm assuming Ruskin, uh, you are Jewish. I am
0: Jewish, so I can say this. Yes. So, yes. I was going to say. I am the authority on this.
3: Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, it's... It, it's funny. I mean, there's so many great roles that I, I feel like I ended up not being able to play. I can't go. In, I can't go into the list of what they were, but right. you know, I, I clearly was not of Jewish heritage, and so it just like didn't totally work. Um, yeah, but yeah, I am. I am Irish. Uh, I am full okay. Irish, and my dad's side of the family is English. So basically, we're just like really, white. really white. <laughs> Just like yeah. really white. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now that my life is going back to normal, I've found myself more in need of my pump-up music than ever before when I go to these social gatherings. No matter how you're feeling about getting back out there, there's no denying it's an adjustment. When the world gets too loud, something I love to do is create my own soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. Sometimes you need upbeat music to pump you up before you see people, or to stay calm with some guided meditation. I listen to my Pumping Iron playlist. You can find it if you follow me on Spotify. That playlist gets the job done. Every time, whether I'm trying to hype myself up for a run, a lift, or a social gathering, this playlist gets me in the mindset I need to be in so I can perform at the top of my game. Let me tell you right now, Raycons are the best way to listen. They come with a bunch of gel tips for your comfort, and unlike some other brands, they don't stick out of your ears. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, so you can listen to what you want when you want for a really long time. They start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. Give them a try, you'll see what I mean. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, jibber-jabber listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash jpj. That's buyraycon.com slash jpj to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash jpj. It's so funny, but, but Brendan, uh, so you get, you get this agent, they get you four auditions. What happens next? Is that how you got those two, those three independent projects you got in 2008 through two? Two thousand and nine. I'm assuming well. Nothing happened with the auditions. Um, <laughs> okay.
3: You know, uh,
0: I, they were experienced. They, they were experienced. Experience.
3: My very first audition was. Uh, they made a remake of the movie Fame. That oh, I don't think anybody really heard oh. about. It, it didn't. It didn't really do very well. Um, but that was in. Mm-hmm. I think it came out in like two thousand and ten. But in two thousand eight, they you know were auditioning for it. Nice. Um, it was my very first audition, and I walked into the room, and it was with. Um, this This very renowned cast director. Her name is Deborah Aquila. Um, and um, she was very kind. Um, I really did not know what I was doing. I had no idea. <laughs> But that she was this enormous casting director. She did right. the Die Hard movies. She did Sex uh, Lies and Videotape. She oh. did the Twilight series. She did, um, and more recently, she did La La Land. Oh, um, and now she is the—I believe she's the head of casting over at Lionsgate Pictures now. Wow. Um, so anyway, she's had really, she had a really long resume. Yeah. um yeah. when I walked into her office um and I don't know maybe she enjoyed that I was totally naive but um you know I, I did <laughs> yeah. I did you know like what I was supposed to do but um I ran into her probably eight years or so later and she said I remember you
1: no and I'm like way. that was my very Out first audition in P- LA oh and,
2: wow.
3: my gosh. Yeah, and, that's I, and insane. I was like, that was my first audition. You were my first, you you're my first experience. She's like, I know.
1: Um, <laughs> oh man, that's so We fun. could tell.
3: <laughs> and she said, me and my daughter love watching Pretty Little Liars together.
1: And I was like, <laughs> no <laughs> way!
3: <laughs> I've, had that, I've had it several times where I've walked out of an audition. I, I probably should not be saying this, but um, the person that was running the audition was like, can I get it? an autograph for my daughter I was like sure yeah of course We're going to get the job <laughs>
1: that's so funny that's so funny oh that, that exact Crazy. same that exact same thing happened to me when I was auditioning for a commercial. like this you know there's only me and the cameraman in the room and the reader of course and then out out of the curtain walks this woman who I didn't even know was there And just goes, oh, yeah, oh yeah 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 you know <laughs> you know, you, it just it just boosts your ego way up. You get so excited, like you. Yeah, I literally thought, "Hey, i might I'm. I think I'm getting this job. I might Someone get this. Really likes yeah. me. Yeah." It's, so it's funny. It's funny. like the
3: ones that you think that you're gonna get, you never get, and then the ones that you're like, that just sucked. They right, call but- like an hour later, and they're like, "Are you interested? You got it." I'm like, "You got it? You you're kidding? Me. <laughs>
1: you're kidding me?" Is, is um, that what it was like for pretty? Uh, or, let's not get into that real quick. These, these oh, okay, projects, okay. That, the projects that you got in 2000, you, you, you did two, three things in 2008 and 2009. I believe it was. You, what, those what were was actually uh,
3: those were actually things out of
1: Portland. So oh,
3: I okay. um, kind of uh you know worked the little portland film community which at the time um was really non-existent um and then like the year after i left um they they did they they brought up this show from la called leverage um which they're now doing a, a revival of it on imdb tv um, but that show was brought up to Portland to film on location there. And it, I think it lasted like six seasons. And then right after that, they uh, did a TV show called Grimm up there, which was about oh, Grimm yeah. fairy tales. Oh. Um, I remember that. So that, that was interesting. I, I, uh, I almost got hired on that, hired on that show several times. And I was, it just it would have been a really cool experience to go back yeah. and, um, yeah, you know, work in my hometown. Um, yeah. Oh, do you you ever
0: go back to your hometown and, like, do talkbacks? And I do. Yeah, does it feel really good to do that?
3: It does (laughs) feel really good. It feels... um, What I've learned from this, and, you know, I'm sure you've experienced this too, uh, JPJ. Um, I've learned that I have the ability to make someone's day like totally make their day, their week, their month, whatever, um, by just taking some time to look them in the eye and spend, and give a little bit of my time to them. Um, and I think I, I I, I, sometimes I think it's in a more profound way than I even realize myself. And, and it's, um, it's something, so so that's why I'd love to do those kind of talk backs and go and and talk to theater students and film students. Um, so cool cuz it's that just is so nice. you know it's so it's a way to be able to inspire other people um, Yeah. even yeah, if i don't feel totally inspired myself that
1: day <laughs> oh my um, gosh give me a break you were only on one of the most popular tv shows on primetime television for 7 years give me a you. break man oh my gosh i mean yeah i
0: feel you're, like you're, you're, you won a lot of kids choice awards
1: you're you're yeah, f- we, you're, you're Oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> uh, you're, a, you're just a fountain of knowledge for any theater, theater kid that just wants to have a glimpse into the industry and how it works and how, how a set like Pretty Little Liars works. I mean, And gosh, I, I-, I was
3: one of those theater kids, you know? Um, I did something recently at the children's theater that I grew up at. Um, I did a... Um, everything was over Zoom, so I couldn't, like, teach a workshop in person, so I had them do kind of like a simulated <laughs> audition. And a lot of these kids had never
1: done an audition on camera before which is a
3: completely it's different th-
1: thing completely different than the whole theater experience you completely were just completely different it's so funny i wanted to say as you were elaborating on your la audition experience i can totally relate because i'm just i, I was just yeah. so used to stepping on stage you look down at your sheet of paper you think your character thoughts right, I mean, right. You audition out there you know you don't even see at least in my experience i mean that you know the stage would be lit, the casting director would be you know far back where it was dark and right I, right. I didn't even have an ex- i didn't have any interaction with them, but just the whole l a scene is just completely different than what any theater kid is accustomed to, but I thought that was it's interesting totally different interesting hearing it from you who's been in theater his entire life and having that sort of cultural shock when going to l a yeah, I mean it took me a really, really long time to um I don't f- think but did it take a really long time though because I mean gosh you graduated I'm, I'm going to guess you graduate you're you're 31 which means you 31 brought, yeah which means you probably graduated high school in 2008. Yes, were we in the same class? Were you class of 2008? No, I was the class of 2013. But You're kidding I, me. Yeah. yeah you're kidding. I, I'm not I would not kid you, Brendan. But <laughs> her baby I, Wait, 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 I know, but wait, 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 wait. What year were you... Let's just cut to the t- chase. What year were you cast in Pretty Little Liars? Okay, so it I say... It comes out 2000... And, it, it airs 2010. When were you... When did you audition for it? I was
3: cast almost like a year and a half to the day that I moved to LA. So so right. that's why... Let me backtrack, <laughs> let, me, let me Let me backtrack, because I know that sounds ridiculous when I said it Gosh. forever. Yeah. What yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah. say yeah. was it took me a really long time to develop my... Um, my uh, to to develop my on-camera technique you know Mm -hmm. to learn how to act in front of a camera which is it's it's different i mean the the work the the initial work and like the character development work is the same as theater but the medium is different right um you know it took me a really long time to learn that the camera picks up everything so i don't need i don't need to do anything. I just need right. to literally embody and think the thoughts of that character and it's gonna pick up in your eyes. Um and it took it took a really long time to break some kind of bad um kid theater habits. Um so that so
1: that's what I was trying to say. But I was a year, I wasn't to but say. a year and it's a half. I like,
3: was in labor a year and a half and nothing happened.
1: And um, <laughs> then after a year and a half you book gosh, you book a recurring well first of all, I, I just think your story is so fascinating because a you know you you lived in la for a year and a half and you book you know a, a, a recur what was a guest star role this wasn't the yeah even, lucas was not a recurring role on pretty little liars i mean did first of all i want to know going into did you know that when you walked into the audition did you know okay i got this role like did you have some sort of I- intuition no. that really
3: N- no uh in fact i thought that i didn't get it um Oh, I remember very specifically because uh, I always do this thing in my head. I still do it to this day. It's like, you know, yeah. I've been here for 13 years and I still play this trick in my head uh, where it's like yeah. I have a timeline where it's like, well, they're definitely going to like make this decision by the end of the week because they got a feeling. I try to like guess <laughs> what's going <laughs> on or like yeah. what's happening behind the scenes that I'm totally not privy to. Um, and you're always wrong. <laughs> always. It never it. It. it, it <laughs> whatever yeah, you think, yeah, whatever thing that yeah. you thought about in your head, where it's like, oh, this is going to work out, or, this is totally does is not going to work out, totally wrong. Um, no, but kidding. that's wow. I remember that week. So I had, so, so they had filmed the pilot in uh, Vancouver, Canada, um, in November of two thousand and nine, like right around Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, then it got picked up by, at the time it was called ABC Family, but now it's called Freeform. Um, it got picked oh. up in early 2010. Um, and then they started shooting back in LA. They decided to take the show out of <coughs> Vancouver and film it completely on the back lot at Warner Brothers Studios. Um, which is really awesome because that like never yeah. happens anymore. Um, right. so I'll get, I'll get into that later, but that yeah, was like yeah, a whole, yeah. it was, just, it was a dream scenario. Um yeah but they so they start filming like in in may ish um and I originally auditioned for a different for a different role. I auditioned right. to play Lucy Hale's brother um and they really liked me a lot, um but they thought that she and I looked too similar in age
1: mm. um and
3: they and they ended up casting a kid who was actually fifteen. Um,
1: mm. <laughs> nice. um,
3: I was twenty at the time, and so was Lucy um Ooh. so then like i, w- I want to say it was really quick it was like three weeks later they're like can you come back in and read for this other role and originally it was just supposed to be two episodes it was a two-episode arc um i was supposed to come in and allison the the mean the the lead mean girl who was dead um hey, yeah. was supposed to you know i was supposed to be like her victim or something and she mercilessly made fun of me and um, right right what ended up happening i didn't learn this until years later like maybe season four um one of our showrunners we 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 had two um he did an interview with the Hollywood Reporter um and they were asking him about how the show's changed over the years uh what's going on creatively next season all that kind of stuff and they they asked were there any storylines or characters that um that that you did either did or didn't do that, that was surprising to you. They were kind of went in a direction that you didn't think yeah. was going to happen. And he said, "Yeah." Uh, so the character of Lucas that Brendan Robinson plays um, was originally supposed to be a one-off, and a one-off just means it's there. It's one or two episodes. Right. The story is closed. That character moves on, um, but. After watching the dailies, which is, like, the footage that we shot during the day, um, people over at the studio and the network and, you know, the, the big important people yeah, are watching yeah. to make sure that things are going well. Um, there was an executive over at Warner Brothers, um, who was the, the studio, um, who called and they said, um, who
1: is that? We really like him. Put him in more episodes. Um, okay, and... and- that that's so interesting and i i have to ask you when you when you when when you got the role of lucas did you know I have to give this role... I have to make this more interesting than what the writer intended for it to be. Because you grabbed the audience immediately. Like, you're, you you, you drew us in immediately with your character. The first interaction you had with... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, with, the first interaction you had with Hannah in that little, like, scenario playing game you were playing for the, on the first episode that you were in. Did, did you know, like, I have to make this role greater than what it's written out to be? Um, no. In fact,
3: I... Um, I mean, it was my first big job. So, so is, I mean, so yes and no, I was, yeah. I was, na- I was naive because all I knew was that I was going to walk in and, and, and do these scenes. And then it was great. I was going to go home and I, you know, I booked a job. Um, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know anything about how like a TV show works or the politics or, right. you know, how, how the storylines on a TV show are fluid. So that didn't even enter my mind that this could possibly go beyond the two episodes that I was originally hired for. Um, it just, it, it did not even enter my mind. Yeah. Um. It, so had I known that I would have not gotten that job. I would have freaked myself out. I would have, <laughs> no um, kidding. and I also, I, I, I also I, kind of think that I wouldn't have gotten it if the show had already been on the air. I, mm. I, I had gotten... I worked for about three weeks before the pilot aired. Um, So it wasn't even, like, a thing yet. I had only heard about it. I I had never heard of the books. I had only heard about it.
0: Did you read the books? No? No.
3: No. Uh I I didn't know. (laughs) How dare you? uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, The only thing... um, And Sarah Shepard, by the way, is a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, She's Mm -hmm. the author of the books. um, And she... She's great. I got the chance to meet her several times um, throughout the whole process. And she's really, (laughs) really a cool lady Um, and just a killer writer. She she cranks out books like nobody's business. Um, So so I had not read the books. Um, And um, the only thing that I knew about it was that the acting class that I was in at the time was like an acting class for for young actors. Um, so it was, you know, all the kids in the class were 18 to 25. Um, and the only thing that I knew about the show was that every single girl in that class had all, had auditioned for the pilot, wanted it really badly (laughs) and didn't get it.
1: And and when you, when you got it, were you aware of how much of a powerhouse the cast was? Did you know Ashley Benson was technically, she was technically a movie star when. Yeah. She was in Bring It On Yeah. Yeah yeah, two, yeah, yeah. In 2009, she was in 13, going on 30, seven, yeah. heaven. She had a long stint on Days of Our Lives. I mean, were you aware of sort of the caliber of people of you you'd be working with?
3: I had been aware that everyone else had worked, and I think that I was a little bit um, intimidated by that. Uh, yeah, just because like I hadn't
1: worked <laughs> before. I had well, done. You, you had some pretty pretty great in- indie uh, projects under I your did, belt, and yeah. some. You had some experience under your belt at that point, but
3: like... I did some but- indie things, um, but not like... I never walked into... I, I did one episode of Cold Case, the show called Cold Case, yeah. um, like a month before I booked Pretty Little Liars. Oh, and, okay. Um, interesting. That was really interesting. Um, were, were, you, were, you thr- were you pretty excited when you got Cold Case? I was. Yeah. I, I was like, show. I'm a movie star. I think I called <laughs> it my, I called him my manager at the time, like afterwards. I, I had three lines on this episode of cold case. Um, no way, but that's but, good. Uh, but it was cool because um, I had three lines, but I was in a bunch of scenes and what ended up happening was um, the scheduling happened where I ended up working four days on that. So I spent the entire week with them. Um, But it was not at Warner Brothers. It was all on location at a high school. Uh, Ah. So I had never, like, driven onto a studio lot where it's like, oh, now I'm going to my trailer. And now I'm going to, like, work. Um, Man. So that naivete um, actually was really... Great because yeah. I ended up sort of I I never hung out in my trailer on Pretty Little Liars because I didn't I just didn't really know if that was like what that was the it etiquette did. yeah so I just right, kind of right. like invited myself onto the set and would go watch and then I would oh. meet all the other all, all the writers and all the producers and I would just ask them you know so what do you do like how how does it all work you know right 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 and I think. Um, I had no idea that that is like such a no-no. Uh, I mean, it's it's not it's not. A, I shouldn't say that. Right, right, right. Um, but that's not always the case on every show, you know. Um, especially shows that have been on the air for a little while. If you're like, if you're a guest, you come in and you're you're a guest, you know. You've been hired right. to come in and do your couple of scenes, and then you 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 know get paid and you leave. <laughs> right, um, right. So that, I mean, I, I was really lucky because one, I was young. And I think I could get away with a lot of stuff because I was young right, <laughs> in terms of right. like, teach me, I want to learn. Right. And um, our executive producer Marlene King is is a wonderful, wonderful woman um, and made the whole environment extremely inclusive mm. um, which is not always the case. Um, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, th- this was her first TV show. Um, she had, she had worked in features beforehand. Um, Mm. so, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was kind of like what she wanted to do with her first project was really make it sort of like a, like a family unit.
1: And I I can't imagine how how much pressure there would have been, you know, just knowing, oh my gosh, you have all these gorgeous women playing the leads and, (laughs) you know, and just, and and a lot of them, you know, had, had they've, all pretty much done a lot of work before, and Ashley Benson was a movie star at, yeah. at that point. I mean, yeah. she was a, I mean, she was you know a legit you know figure in the industry. And yeah, I, w- w- do you remember the, the the first scene that you had with her? Do you remember? Like, did. did, I did. Were you, in, were, you in, were you intimidated during that first scene? Like, oh my gosh, I'm about to have a scene with a movie star, and I've only done you know a guest like star uh role here. And like oh, right, movie. right. Did. Were you at all intimidated during the during that first scene? Because it, it, it just seemed seamless for you. I mean, I, I just believed every second of it. Thank you. I, I appreciate that.
3: I am, I think I have a talent for um, faking things
1: really well. Oh, man. Um, no, there was nothing that was being faked in that scene, man. Oh, sorry, you, were, you, I, I were, meant you were committed. In per, and you were, yeah, he you means were to himself. An, oh, right. I, I think, uh, like, you know, if I'm in an uncomfortable
3: situation, I can just play it off where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is cool. Like, I'm a great... Um, I'm a great fake it till you make it guy um, (laughs) or like projecting confidence and like, Oh, I totally know what I'm doing. And in the back of my head, like I totally don't know what I'm doing. So I felt like that was the only way to approach this situation. Um, Because my very first scene happened to be that first scene uh, in the, in the group. So like the focus was on me.
1: And, and you, scene you, you kind of had a lot of emotions you had to play with a little bit kind of uh you know a snarky you know sort of tech geek that you know kind of snaps back a little bit i mean you, you kind of had to you had to hit a few notes during that scene and you had just did it really seamlessly i mean just when w- when the camera started rolling what were you at, how many takes what did you do for that scene we didn't do, you do you a lot we didn't do yeah, a lot was, yeah how
0: many takes do you usually do
3: um And scene i Did it 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 really depends? It depends on the director. Um some directors are super confident that they have what they need and they move on. Um and some I think cover I think I think some gain the confidence that they have what they need by by doing multiple takes. Um I'm the kind of person where I and this is my theater training that comes in. Like I, kn- I, I, know pretty much what I want to do with something. Um, mm. Obviously, I let it go on the day because you can't, you can't do what you rehearsed at home. It just, it just doesn't work.
2: Um,
3: <laughs> but I have, I usually have a pretty strong opinion about like what the scene is about and um, how how my character is going to function in this scene. Um, so I would say like, I, I do, I do like one or two takes. I would say the third take is probably like where I'm really like jamming, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but for that show, Oh that's so nice.
3: Um, it, it was cool. It was cool. Um, you know, I, I for that, I, it, we, we shot with three cameras um, so there would always be multiple <laughs> angles that were happening right, uh, yeah. right. at once, mm-hmm. um, and that—that's just the only way that you can do episodic <laughs> television um, in a way that's efficient and and time sensitive. Yeah, um, yeah. because they can they, they can get they can get the entire scene done in like four setups. Uh, which mm. which for those of you at home, uh, if we're talking a foreign language here, four setups means. Um, they change the the camera angles for different times. Um, so if we were to be doing this scene right now uh, on Pretty Little Liars, and three of us were, you know, acting in the same scene, they would have a camera on each of us, um, and then they would uh, do a wide shot where they see all of us. And they might do two of us in one angle and the other two in one angle, but they always have multiple cameras going at, at the same time. So it's not like we're doing forty five different cakes, angles. Yeah. Exactly,
0: right. so that's I say, my least favorite part.
3: Yeah, it's. Um, I am
0: so impatient, and I hate repeating like every scene at least <laughs> like, five times is too much for me. Like I feel like two is enough.
3: Oh, you're a theater person at heart, then. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. Yes, I um, am.
3: But I don't know. It's it's interesting because it's like you have to work in a. Di- it's you're working in a different way you're working in a different way in tv than you are in film because you know where the character is going where the character's ending in a movie script because it's over um in tv you could be working i mean we would do 25 episodes a season um and nobody really knew who a was or if or if you were somebody who was not chasing A, but you might be involved in some way, like myself, yeah. you didn't really know. Um, when, did so, you,
1: when did you become aware of the, the sort of dramatic arc that Lucas had? I mean, was it after that first episode you knew, okay, I'm going to be back for seven seasons, and I'm going to have oh to no. make these dramatic character decisions? W- yeah. No, 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 no. It was yeah. A. Um,
3: after the first season, I was guaranteed a certain number of episodes. But I got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was in a position where um, I had the guarantee, but I wasn't locked into a long-term contract. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I was able to go do other things. Um, I didn't necessarily want to go do other things. You know, I, lo- I loved working with them. Um, yeah. So it was like it was, like, half job stability, half, like, not um right yeah. right. so so I, I always had an idea of how many episodes i would be in um i had no idea what they had planned for me and it changed okay. over the course of the show um, interesting and so, i feel very honored and flattered to be you know to be to be a supporting character in something um or you know the show's not about you it's not right. called pretty liars and lucas um right right <laughs> So I was always there, you know, serving the storyline of usually, usually Ashley. Um, Sometimes, I think sometimes uh, Janelle, a little bit, who played Mona. Um, I was sort of involved with her storyline sometimes. And you had a few flashback scenes with uh, Allison, right? yeah, Yeah, yeah. So, but it, you know, I, I came in to support the story of somebody else,
1: but that's but let me just make this let me make this clear. I mean, it is any actor's dream to be a recurring role oh gosh, yeah. especially especially gosh, I mean you, you kind of downplayed a little bit saying, oh, you know this story isn't about Lucas, but I mean gosh you 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 enrich the story you know by supporting Ashley and gosh to to, to be pulled in for seven seasons on a TV show like that, I mean gosh, it was any, nuts. I, I,
3: it was really nice. It is, um, and it, when you're inside of the the bubble of something, which I know you've yeah. experienced, because um, right. you know you'll shoot an entire season of The Bachelor and it hasn't aired yet, and you're like inside the bubble of something. Right, um, right, right. So you don't really know. Like, I would find myself asking, like, my parents or my brother or like other friends i was like how how famous is lucy <laughs> is she like really famous because i like i don't like i don't know you right, know right, right, <laughs> right, right, it's right, like right. you're inside you see them every yeah, day yeah and they're your friends yeah. um but, but I, I mean, I do remember the first time that I walked through the airport and Lucy was, like, on the cover of a magazine. And I'm like, wow, yeah. that's so crazy. <laughs> um, just totally nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, when you start seeing your friends on billboards and, in, and magazine covers, um, I think that's something that only happens in Los
2: Angeles. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, and it's, only.
3: Um, I mean, I feel honored to be, like, one step
1: removed. I feel like that's to your advantage to not get that hyper scrutiny from, you know, I I feel like there are, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, disadvantageous effects from being put under the microscope like that. It just kind of opens up a whole can of worms that I think people are unaware of. I feel like you got the Perfect deal from that. You got I get the perfect deal. I
3: was gosh, like you, not in at the forefront of it, but I got like a front row seat to everything, oh, and I got to work, and I got to be, and it helped my it helped my career. I mean, it opened up a
1: ton of doors for and me. It was your fourth, so wait, it was your fifth gig. It was really your fifth gig you ever got within film. Yeah,
3: so. Um, yeah. it's such a versatile
1: yeah. in such a versatile character I mean it's not like you were wearing a banana suit you know right and, right you know, like trying to sell you know frozen bananas or something I mean that you had a really substantial character arc and that really required you know the the use of pretty much all of your emotions and yeah uh, I was interested to read that you know your agent you know sells you as uh, an actor that has a rare access to like raw vulnerability and deep darkness so you're really able to hit Every note as an actor, and I, you know, after watching some clips from Pretty Little Liars, I've seen some episodes before, but I wanted to familiarize myself with your journey. And I'm curious, Brendan, how do you keep yourself in a state where you're able to access the whole plethora of emotions? Like as an actor, it's something that I've personally struggled with. I can't, you know, no matter what state I'm in, I I I didn't cry. You know, I'm not a dark person at all. But yeah, yeah. I can't remember the last time I I, I really cried, where I was able, you know, when when some tragic event happened where I was able to actually produce tears in a real life event. How do you, how do you summon that within you, Brendan?
3: Um, well, I'll start out by saying that it's it's hard. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like oh yeah oh, I, I thought can just it was like, easy. boom. you can't, uh, it's actor, hard. You can't just cry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, emotional work, I think any acting is, is, I mean, you're, you're giving a piece of yourself. So that's, I think it's more draining than I think a lot of actors really know. Um, and it definitely that, that other, that people who are not in the industry or, or associated with actors in any way, they, they don't know that either. Um, so for me, I struggled a lot with emotional work in particular, um, for a long time. Um, and as my life started, as I started to kind of enrich my life with a relationship and, um, you know, becoming an adult son to my parents, which brings on a completely different kind of relationship, just being really attuned to the things that would set me off. Not, not like sent me off angry, but, you know, would, would trigger me in some way. And, um, kind of have a backlog in the back of my head about certain kinds of things. And, um, the thing that I noticed was I couldn't go back to certain scenarios and play them out in my head from my past, like exactly how they were. It wouldn't mm, work. I would just be, right. it'd be dried up. Something that I was, you know, devastated about like two years ago, three years ago. Um, it it would it just wouldn't right work again
2: yeah
1: yeah totally so get I it.
3: so I started to um I started to take the people in my life who I had really deep personal relationships with and um I, I put them in I put them into made up scenarios in my head uh, um, in order okay. to trigger an yeah. emotion yeah yeah um, okay so. You know, like my my um, my dad uh, had skin cancer um, a couple of years ago, uh, well, not ten years ago now, um, and yeah. he lost his eye. Um, started to get like really graphic and personal here. Um, so he so he has one eye. He wears one side of his glasses blacked out. Interesting. Um, and <clears throat> um, using something like that. Um, yeah. and manipulating that in a different way, sure. Um, and and imagining different scenarios where everything that went right with that could have gone uh, wrong. Uh, um, okay. Like, that, like, like doing that kind of thing, it really works for me. Um, but I know a lot of people use music to to get them into a particular mood. Um,
1: and, and I, and, and, yeah. Oh, go,
3: go, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, and so what, what, while you're sort of it sounds like you're entering into this emotional state to to prepare yourself for the, for the scene. And you're, you're entering this, you know, potentially, you know, really sad scenario that you're allowing your conscious level to get carried away with. Like, are you just kind of set while, while you're in that state, are you just kind of separating yourself from everyone else on the set and just focusing on your emotional state and just, (sighs) just not talking to anybody until the camera starts rolling no, actually, um, oh, there's some okay. people that do, yeah. um, yeah. I've, i definitely
3: yeah. worked with some people that do that. Um, I, you, yeah. I like to be really social, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I do the work at home. Um, I, I figure out what exactly what, you know, if it's an emotional thing, I figure out what, what emotional trigger is going to, is going to get me for this. And I try a bunch of different things at home and see what sticks, um, and then usually, like, after I go through hair and makeup on the day, I'll go back, get changed into whatever wardrobe I need to change into. Um, and I will start to do it a few times, and then I'll stop. Because mm. if oh, I do no. it too many times, it's not going to work. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So then I forget about it. Um, so it's sort of like muscle memory, you know? Okay. It's, it's like... Um, yeah. It's, it's like building up that muscle right to the point where you're going to get fatigued and then you put it away. And then, you know, you walk away and then you do the next set after you've, uh, you know, taken a break from your previous set. And now all of a sudden you can like lift it again.
1: Man, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's I, sort of like I, that. That's, that's fascinating. You know, you know, if I were to have an emotional scene, out, you know, I I'd have to stay in that state. I can't just alternate emotional states because when you're crying on camera, I mean you're 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 actually crying. You're you're thinking of something that's provoking those thoughts. You're in that emotional state that your characters yeah. in, and but that's impressive. You're able to just kind of alternate. You know, okay, I have to cry in about five minutes, but <laughs> Ashley, let's talk about uh, you know finger painting. I don't, right, I don't know right, what you right. guys would talk about. Yeah. It, it took a really long
3: time to get there, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for me I mean the best the, the the like the thing that I figured out after many 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 years is um, I need to just throw it away at the end of the day. Yeah. And whatever's going to happen is going to happen and that's great. Um yeah that's it so i mean it's funny that you mentioned the emotional stuff i had um i'm gonna be in a movie that's coming out in um yes uh in february um break
1: a leg man thank
3: you can't wait it's um it's a big movie it's with a really um famous director
1: oh Um, congratulations who is it if, if you don't who is it if you don't mind me asking it's
3: michael bay um, oh get out of here i, I oh, have man, a small I'm... role i have a small role in it um oh heck if, if, yeah. you blink, if you blink if you blink you miss me um, <laughs> but um i did that audition um on tape with my dad uh oh. over oh. thanksgiving um and it was one of those things where it's like they can choose whoever they want It's Michael Bay. He can have anyone. So I'm just going to put the audition on tape and I'm going to send it in because I got other stuff to do today, you know, and move (laughs) on and forget about it. Because I'm like, this is not happening. Um, (laughs) Right. 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 um, Right. But, you know, it was it was a very emotional scene and it was the introduction to it's the introduction to one of the main characters in the movie. Oh, Um,
1: interesting.
3: So the scene requires that I'm crying and I'm an emotional mess and and um, uh, to get super personal, I'm like, okay, <sighs> shit. Um, <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Where I pull from? And um, I was in a big fight. Actually, my mom doesn't know this, so she's going to listen. Uh, I was in a big <laughs> fight with my mom. Um, <laughs> over oh, Thanksgiving, no. Um, no, and Mom. I was really pissed. Um, yeah, and I just used it. I just, I just you just that's that's what I used. You tapped and, in, and and man. I think that it was one of, uh, I, I to toot my own horn, I think it was some of the best work that I'd done in oh, an audition man. tape setting.
0: So I, can't what what wait you're to, hearing, I can't wait to see mom this movie is always fight right always <laughs> <vision>. made, always <laughs> make me just like
3: mad you know um and then nothing happened and then uh I think it was like the day before Christmas Eve I got a call from my manager <laughs> and he's like hey um where are you in the country at the moment and i'm like <laughs> why And he's like well um can you be back in la by the first um because they want you for that i'm like shut up that
1: is you're uh, joking man um, that's so awesome
3: but yeah i mean i think it's 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 a really uh like a long-winded answer uh to your question um yeah yeah i think film acting is all about um exposing your soul right to somebody and it's really scary <laughs> you know it's cool. really really vulnerable yeah. um but that's like the only way to get to something that's truthful and At the end of the day, the audience knows when something isn't truthful. They might not be able to say, they might not be able to articulate in like actor terms, like, oh, that didn't get there. You know what I mean? They were, they were, they were kind of, there was something, there was something in between them and the other person that was holding back. But like they, they know when it doesn't work. And it has to do
1: with, you know, honesty. Um, interesting that's that's fascinating Brendan and thanks for sharing that my gosh. Yeah, of course I don't know if that's gonna be
3: interesting to anybody listening out there but no, uh, it, <laughs> it,
1: it, it is it is just it's impressive you you know do you ever have that issue when you when you when you have to get to that emotional state are, are you ever fixated on something else like oh man I really want that donut in front of me but I have to cry first I really uh, have to. is
3: y- it y- sometimes
1: is there a trick that you have to stay focused and on task when you have to get into that state or do you just, it, it just comes naturally and you don't have to worry about it. Cause I mean, this, this technique you're describing, I mean, it's applicable to any task you have to do in life just for the benefit of our listeners.
3: I think just taking your time, which is something that's difficult to do and asking for time. um, And that's something that I'm learning more and more just as I get older is, you know, at least in my line of work, it's like, I, I provide this service, and in order to do my best work, um, I'm gonna need a couple minutes to like get into this to give you what you need. Um, and I think that that took me a really long time as an actor um, because you know it's like you want to keep people happy because you want to keep getting hired. Um, and, I, and I don't want to say like I like I don't think I I don't think I, I've never made anybody unhappy, but. Um, you know, I was doing something recently where I was like, I need to like roll, you could just to start, start rolling. And, but I, I just need like a second or two to get into it. Um, and I, I just, I just need that space and that time, you know? Um, so I guess in the real world is, you know, don't be afraid to ask for what you want or what you need. Um, and I think that's really hard when you're young and just starting out.
1: But uh, honestly, I think people respect you more for,
3: it, for doing no, that.
2: No, um, for
1: sure, honesty is without a doubt the best policy. And uh, Brendan, thanks for sharing that. And just just to tie back to you know your your acting experience from yeah. two thousand from two thousand and ten to t- two thousand and seventeen. You know you're you're on Pretty Little Liars. The show's doing really great. You're also simultaneously Going up for shows like you were in How I Met Your Mother, yeah, weeds, yeah. weeds. I mean, was was transitioning from Pretty Little Liars to you know How I Met Your Mother was was that just a seamless act, just to go from one show to the next? Was w- was there any learning curve involved, or was it was it pretty um, much just like showing up for work the next day?
3: It, it you know for for like that show in particular, and also for Weeds because Weeds is is technically a comedy, right? Um, you know, I always thought that I was going to move to L.A. and do multi-camera sitcom. Um, I thought that that was, like, my jam. I thought yeah, that that seem, was going to be, you like, see, my thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you give off yeah.
0: multi-cam energy for oh, sure. Oh, yeah.
3: No. <laughs> you, you know, uh, that, that dream has yet to be realized. It will happen. <laughs> you but, were on you know, Good Luck Charlie. I was on Good Luck Charlie, on, yeah.
2: yeah. And you were a
0: star in that. That character was I think the most like sitcom I've ever seen. You were great at it.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, you
2: were you know, just it's, a little
0: weasel.
3: It's so. I mean, it's it's kind. Of, it's akin to theater. You know, it's right. basically it's live theater, but they film it. Um, right, right, yeah. right. So that's. I, I thought that I was going to come down and do that, and then I happened to get really lucky on this show and and book this show that ended up being really successful. That was like the complete opposite of multi camera sitcom. Um, yeah, but I. I'm proud of the fact um, and enjoy the fact that I can bounce back between genres pretty easily. Um, And I think that just comes from understanding the rules of the genre. Um, So, you know, How I Met Your Mother is a very specific show. Um, And so it's sort of like when you get invited to go play in that sandbox, you need to learn the rules of that sandbox And then you go to the next one and then you learn the rules of that and you can have uh, tons of creative, uh, ideas and energy and fun, but within the rules of the sandbox. Um, yeah. So, so I guess, uh, to answer your question, it can be seamless jumping from show to show if you know the rules. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had really great experiences on everything that I've worked on and, um, you know i have gotten to i've gotten the opportunity to work with some pretty famous actors um and directors and um i i think i think the key to that is you know you're, you're gonna you're gonna get good energy back from them if you show up ready to play um which is also true in life too. You know what I mean? It's like somebody who's at a much higher level than you in whatever business you're in. It's like if you show up and you're like ready to play with them and prepared to do it, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna respond in a positive way. You know, I think that's just human nature.
1: Clearly, clearly, that, that that's fascinating. And were, were you were you booking these roles just as a result of your stint on Pretty Little Liars? Um,
3: yeah. Uh, uh, so so I, I would audition. For everything. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, I was still
3: like working on Pretty Little Liars, shooting during the day, and then have to run across town for an audition. Um, Man. That, and then go back the next day. Um, which I love that. You know, I love being really busy. Yeah. Um, I get, uh, I'm the kind of person where it's like I get antsy when I have like nothing going on. Um, uh, right. so right. I always right. have to right. have like a project. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, audition like everyone else. I always think that, you know, there's, there's something to be said with being on a popular show, like right now, um, (laughs) that that gives you a little extra, like, oomph. Um, so I, I think that it definitely helped that for sure I had a regular thing going on with Pretty Little Liars. Um, but, you know, I, again, I auditioned like, like everyone else. Um, and it just happened to be kind of good timing, and
1: um, that's that's so interesting. Right and uh, you know, for people that you know aren't familiar with the industry, I think everyone just at least before I you know got involved, I think people just kind of assume, oh, he was on this show, and they just gave this part to him. No, you oh just, no, uh, that, that's <laughs> that's so that, that that's interesting for everyone to hear. Just because you're on this popular primetime TV show and you're crushing it. Yeah. doesn't mean people are just handing you roles, Man, that's, that's no. crazy. Yeah, you had to go out no. and get it. That's nuts, man. The stuff,
3: usually, um, unless you're like an A-list movie star, the stuff that you get offered directly is usually very similar to what you've already done. So I think the people that get the opportunities that are direct offers to do something totally different you know, they're, they're A-list movie stars because they know it, the the person, is, the, the the filmmaker or the studio or whoever is, is willing to take that chance because they know that they're going to get some kind of box office return from somebody that's extremely popular and can put people in seats. Um, I think it's a little bit different on the TV side. Um, you know, one, one of the things that I've gotten into since Pretty Little Liars is um, producing. Um, so I've been... Involved with different projects, and in, in, uh, I have five going on right now in various stages of development. Um, some of which right I'm on. acting in, some of which I'm not. Um, and, and
1: Brendan, for the audience listening, could, could you just give oh, everybody yes. a, br- a brief synopsis on what a producer is? Because people, you know, read all the time on the credits produced by so and so. Just give right. us a brief synopsis of what the producer does. Yeah.
3: So, um, a producer is really a blanket term for somebody that just makes things happen. Um, I think there's a a very common misconception that a producer is the money person, which sometimes they are, and sometimes usually they're not. Um, uh, Especially if you're dealing with um, a studio, um, like let's say Universal Studios or something, um, the the studio is the money person. Um, And for TV in particular, producers are the writers um so what would the where i've been moving into is what's called creative producing um which basically means i go out uh and find a piece of material um and then i go talk to all the people that i know and say hey i have this piece of material um would you be interested in working with me on it? And sometimes it's a hit, sometimes it's a miss. Um, sometimes it's an original idea. Um, I'm working with somebody right now on an idea that I came up with myself, but I'm like, I have no interest in writing this. Um, would you like to partner with me and I can I can help craft the story with you? Um, you know, because I've dabbled in writing before, and yeah. you know, I, I can do it if I. Uh, but it's like if I really need to do it. You know, that's like, right, a, right, that's right. Like a, I've exhausted all other options and maybe I just need to write this myself. Cause you know, writing is a very isolated thing. It's, it's hard. I think it's one of the, I think it's the hardest job in the entertainment industry because you're coming up with an entire world and scenario yourself. It's coming out of your head Yeah. and yeah. everyone thinks that they can do it better than you,
0: right. <laughs> which is not true. <laughs> right, everyone right. has a
3: comment about it. <laughs> right. Um, so started, I, think, I, th- I really think it's the hardest job. and
1: um, Absolutely. Totally so, agree. Yeah, you, it, it requires the total trust of oneself. My gosh. It's yeah. insane. But Brendan, th- thank you so much for sharing your insights and uh, for, you know, sort of really opening the veil on the industry for those of us listening that really yeah. didn't know a whole lot about it i think this was educational and so informative but we we are eager to see all of these projects that you're producing and we can't wait to see you on this michael bay project thank you thank
3: you maybe maybe I'll, maybe I'll pictures. come back oh yeah, yes. more couples pictures <laughs> Maybe I'll come yeah. back when the movie comes out, and we can we can talk again. I loved
2: it.
1: Yeah. Yes, that'd be so <laughs> great. We're we'll all be anxiously sitting in our seats, waiting to hear the, about the final product. Brendan, thank you, Brendan. Thank you so much uh, for sharing, you know, your fascinating career with us. And we, we, my we pleasure. We cannot wait to see more of you, sir. Awesome. Thanks, and thank yes, you. I Appreciate it. <laughs> What an interesting guy and what a real professional. My gosh, I could have sat here all evening and asked, just kept hammering in with questions on Pretty Little Liars. I feel like I didn't get to cover a fraction of the things I wanted to talk about with him.
0: Yeah, I would definitely listen to, like, a lecture series. Like, what are the the YouTube classes or the ones where the famous people, like, talk back about their career? Like, I could definitely listen to him for hours talking about the industry
1: me too and he's just an open book i feel like actors are typically you know a little less willing to open up and share like you know about their process yeah but he was telling us how he got to that emotional state and how we did it so seamlessly in Pretty Little Liars. Gosh, what an interesting guy. I really wish this guy the best with his career. We're going to see him in the next Michael Bay film. I cannot wait to see what he contributes to that film.
0: And if you guys want a quick chuckle, you should definitely look him up on Good Luck Charlie. His character was hilarious
1: oh I actually didn't see him on good luck Charlie oh my I'm gosh. gonna go do that I'm yeah, gonna go you just do that. gotta
0: look it up he plays the most like exaggerated just teenage character in the world
1: it's oh just classic gosh.
0: Disney Channel it's I so have, funny
1: I have a feeling that this is not the last sitcom we're gonna see Brendan Robinson on I cannot yeah. wait to see what the that future guy holds. Is born
0: to be on a sitcom
1: he I, the, everything about him screams sitcom, and he's just so interesting to watch. Like he just knows how to grip you with all of his mannerisms. I mean, he clearly has a natural talent for doing that. Given that he his initial role on Pretty Little Liars was supposed to be two episodes, two Gosh, Yeah, what a talent! And now well, I look at him. I know. Well, <laughs> keep an eye out for Brendan Robinson, everybody. We really hope that you guys enjoyed listening to this episode of Jibber Jabber with JPJ. Make sure you tune in next week for the next episode.
2: Jibber Jabber with JPJ!